Hello, and welcome to The Budget Mouse, a podcast that will help you have an incredible Walt Disney World vacation, even if you're on a shoestring budget. I'm Leah, the blogger behind The Budget Mouse and The Frugal South. I visit Disney World several times each year and have tons of tricks for doing Disney on the cheap. I want you to have the incredible vacation you deserve, so I'm sharing all of my tricks with you on my sites and here in the podcast. This week's show is all about my ultra-low budget February trip to the world, so let's dive in. Welcome again, everyone, to episode 31 of The Budget Mouse. I took a quick trip to Walt Disney World at the very end of January, beginning of February with my daughter, and I attempted for it to be like a proper vacation where I didn't work while I was there, which is hard to do when I'm at Disney World. But for that reason, I did not do nightly trip reports, but I did want to share with you all of the strategies that I used to make this an ultra low budget trip to Walt Disney World. I, I like this trip as an example of all the different strategies that I use almost every time I go to Walt Disney World to make it very affordable to take a vacation there. So I'm going to walk you through the trip as um, efficiently as I can here. So we spent the first two nights of the trip at All Star Sports. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast at all, you know I was a bit obsessed with finding Disney World hotels on Hotwire, and that is how I found these two nights at All Star Sports. Now, I'm going to give a little caveat. I am not finding any currently. I'm not finding any Disney World resorts for the next month or so on Hotwire. So I believe this is a strategy that like comes and goes just depending on the demand for hotels at Disney World. So when they're having a time of low demand, they will add resorts to Hotwire. And when they are booked for the most part, they will just not add any to Hotwire's um, inventory. So I just take that as a warning that you may, this may not work for you right now. But um, I was able to find two nights at All Star Sports for $49 a night on Hotwire. They are disguised as three star hotels. And I have linked in the show notes to my full post that describes how to use this strategy. So I also mentioned in that post that lurking on Hotwire for a few days before you go to book will always result in you getting a promo code to your email. So this is one of the times where it really pays off to be a lurker. Um, Anytime I'm going to book, I just kind of go a few days advance and I just look and then I get out of the app or the site and um, then I don't go back for a few days. And then they sense that you're going to not book. So they send you a promo code to sweeten the deal a little bit. So I did that and I got a $15 off code. And usually there's a minimum of a $100 purchase. So that dropped the price down to $42 a night to stay on Disney property. You're never ever going to get it for any cheaper than that. So I uh, that's part of the reason why we went these dates is because I was able to find those cheap, cheap nights. So I booked those. We were supposed to take an early morning flight on Southwest and arrive around 8.30 in the morning to the hotel. So when you do online check-in, you can say about what time you expect to arrive at the resort. And most people don't know that Disney resorts, you can check in as early as you want to there. They're not like other resorts that are, say, you know, 3 p.m. check-in and they won't let you check in any earlier. If they have a room ready, they will oftentimes you know, move your room to a room that is ready if you arrive early. So because they had my flight information there, knew that we were arriving quite early, I did get a text message at 8.27 a.m. that our room was already ready, 
Well, what happened was Southwest canceled that early morning flight and we had to be rebooked on a noon flight. So I was sitting at home going, well, the hotel room's already ready and I'm not there. But <laughs> it's okay. It wasn't a big deal to go later in the day, but our room was ready that early. So do keep that in mind. Even if you your room is not ready early, you can check in at the resort at 8 a.m. if you want to and start using the amenities there. You can use the pools and the everything else that's there. So keep that in mind. The first thing we did when we got to All Star Sports, which we arrived on Magical Express and I had a pretty typical, you know, good experience on Magical Express. The first thing we did was go to the food court because I was searching out a purple potion dessert. Now, if you're on Instagram at all, you surely have seen the purple potion desserts that are everywhere. It's hard to explain. It's like this iridescent, glittery purple color that they're um, doing a lot of desserts and treats in presently. And um, they're also doing a lot with this iridescent purple color, including ears that were everywhere. They're like the hot ears. Forget rose gold. That was so 2018. Now this is the year of purple potion. So <laughs> we did have a purple potion cake at All Star Sports and it was delicious. So I'm going to put a picture of that on Instagram very soon. Um, we then Ubered over to Animal Kingdom Lodge, which is my hands down favorite resort. And we we're just going there to basically hang out. We only had one day of park tickets, but there's so much to do at Walt Disney World that is, in my opinion, just as much fun as going to the parks that doesn't require a park ticket. So we arrived at Animal Kingdom Lodge and went straight to the craft room that was there on a previous trip, it's located in the old Simba's Playhouse, which was the child care center there. It's on the ground floor right by the pools. And we were hoping to find it open, and it was. So this is a great addition. And the, the gals who work there said, as far as they know, this is the only resort that has it currently. They're kind of testing it out there. But there are free crafts that you can do, and there are paid crafts. And anyone is welcome to use it. Like, they didn't scan our magic band to see if we were staying at Animal Kingdom Lodge. As far as I know, anyone can use it. I mean, I didn't really broadcast that I was staying at All Star Sports, but if they'd asked, I would have told them, of course. But we were able to go there and do some like arts and crafts. And the paid one that my daughter chose to do was a bow. So she decorated a bow with puffy paint and like hot glue and glitter and stuff. And it was really special. <laughs> um, she really wanted to go back to the craft room. So that was a great low cost activity to do that was kind of special at Animal Kingdom Lodge. And that was in the main building at Jumbo House. And we walked over to the DVC portion of Animal Kingdom Lodge, which is Kidani Village, and checked out the animals there. And then the goal there was to eat an early dinner at the Sanaa Lounge. So Sanaa is the table service restaurant there. I would say it's one of the more adventurous places to eat on Walt Disney World property. They also have a lounge that is part of the restaurant and it doesn't require reservations. So reservations at Sanaa can sometimes be hard to get. Sometimes you can get them at the last minute. It just depends on the time of year. But I wanted to try out the lounge because I'm working on a series on the blog about the best lounges of Walt Disney World. Not because I'm a big drinker, I'm not. However, lounges at Disney World tend to offer small plates that are low cost compared to the table service restaurants they are associated with. And they also do not require reservations, which I love. So at the Sanaa Lounge, you could order off the main menu if you wanted to, or they had a separate lounge menu. So 
we had a great meal. <laughs> we had the famous bread service at Sanaa, which is so much food. It was me and my six-year-old daughter. and I, We left more than half of the food on the table, but I wanted to sample most of the things on the lounge menu to give it a good review. So we had the bread service, which is $17, and that's a lot for like an appetizer, but it's not your average appetizer. I don't even know how to explain it. It's tons of bread and I think nine or 10 different dips that go with it that you can sample. It's excellent. Um, we also had a salad sampler that was $9 and a cheese board, which was $10. So still with all of the food that we got, it was under $20 per person to eat there. And like I said, we left half the food, but we're really light eaters. And I think two regular eating adults would eat all of that. So more to come on that on the blog soon on my best of the lounges of Disney World. So the next day we did have a park ticket to go to Epcot for Festival of the Arts. So I went last year for a day and I absolutely loved that festival and I wanted to take my daughter. She saw some pictures of me from the festival last year. I was like, I want to do that. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to really try to take you this year. So we went and I have a lot of thoughts about Epcot for that day. It was an unusual day at Epcot because it was very cold. Um, it kind of got colder as the day went on. And what happened was people kind of bowed out of Epcot for the day because of the cold. It was so cold that we had to buy a blanket for my daughter. So I have tips on the low cost blanket options at Disney World, but I also had to buy a hat for myself because my teeth were chattering at night. It was so cold. So um, it's kind of, it was an unusual day. What this meant though, was that we used our three fast passes um, by about one o'clock in the afternoon, and there were tons of other fast passes available. So our third fast pass was for Soren, which is my favorite attraction at Epcot. We were waiting in line and I said to the people behind us, you know, if this is your last fast pass of the day, go into the app and, or no, they were going for one more, they said. I said, go into the app as soon as you check in for that fast pass and get more because there are more. There were tons of fast passes available for everything later in the day because there just weren't that many people at Epcot that day. So I was able to get six fast passes that day at Epcot. Um, we basically rode everything with no weight and that was fantastic, but unusual again. I mean, this was this is a low um, volume general time of year. And this was particularly low visit because of the cold. But if you happen upon a day like that, you will get to do everything <laughs> with no weight, which was really fun. Um, and most people don't know that trick about you can get more fast passes, but you can only get them one at a time. You can't book multiple ones. So like, get the soonest fast pass you can after you check in for that third one. And then as soon as you check in for that one, you can get another one and another one. And that strategy works really well at Magic Kingdom where there are many attractions that you can fast pass. So some quick highlights of Festival of the Arts for us were the living statues, where, which are at the fountain in future world there. Um, they, they just have to be seen to believe. I did put a video of me <laughs> interacting with one of these statues on my Instagram, which is the budget mouse. And it's on the story from Festival of the Arts. And you can see it was hysterical. They're so funny. They're really talented performers. So that was a highlight, especially for my daughter. They also had, a, I think this was new this year, a paint by numbers, a gigantic mural. It was like an interactive art exhibit where you were given a little cup of paint and assigned a number of squares to paint that color. And then you got to see it as you came back during the day, it grow and more, you know, get progressively more painted and filled in. And they gave you a postcard of what the final picture would look like when it was done. So really neat. I love, you know, anything that is interactive and that 
is like a community centered thing at Epcot. It's so much fun. Um, there were also performances throughout the day at Festival of the Arts. We saw some really talented acrobats. And then another thing we loved was that they were offering the animation academy that they normally do at Hollywood Studios as part of Festival of the Arts. So it took place at the Festival Center, which is the old Odyssey building, if you're familiar with old school Epcot. Um, if you're looking at World Showcase from Future World, it would be on the far left-hand side, um, close to the Mexico Pavilion. They were doing a class on how to draw Tigger that day, and it's free to go. I believe the classes started at 3.30 in the afternoon, and they went until, I think, 6.30. So you just walk up and get into the next class. And my daughter and I both drew a Tigger, and I put pictures of that on Instagram as well. It was really fun for her, especially. Um, other things at Festival of the Arts, so they have food booths as they do at every festival, and we had three items from them. And the only one that really impressed me was the lemon blood orange tart. It was outstanding and gorgeous. And the other things we had were just average, and that was kind of my experience last year with the items at the festival. You know, they're kind of an afterthought. They're not like food and wine where the food booths are the main attraction, but we did have one outstanding item, and then we had a pork, uh, item at the Mexico booth and we had some churros that were eh, just below average churros <laughs> but anyway they're they're all pretty but the food quality just wasn't really up to what it is at food and wine um another thing we really wanted to do was see illuminations so that's the nighttime show at Epcot and it is coming to the end of a 20 year run and I love the show I think it's beautiful but I do see that it needs some kind of update, you know, to kind of be on par with the other nighttime entertainment at Walt Disney World. In particular, I love the music of Illumination. So that was a clip I played at the beginning of the show. Now as a treat, I'm going to play some more of the soundtrack at the end of this show. Um, that is a treat for you in honor of the show that is going away in the summertime. So I don't believe they've set a date for the last run, but there is going to be an interim show that comes after Illumination ends in preparation for this new nighttime spectacle that they're working hard on. But there is going to be an interim show for an undetermined amount of time before they debut the new show. The interim show is going to be called Epcot Forever and supposed to be like honoring past attractions at Epcot. And I really want to see that. So I'm definitely going to make a trip down to see that. Overall, we had a fantastic day at Epcot, and um, we even walked up to Anna and Elsa right before Illumination started and met them with zero weights. <laughs> the benefit of a cold day. Oh, the cheap blanket was at the Japan Pavilion <laughs> Epcot. It was $15 for a fuzzy warm blanket that um, kept her comfortable during Illumination. So there you go if you ever need it. So the next day, we didn't have any concrete plans. I was just going to see how we felt. We were checking out of All Star Sports and transferring to another hotel. I'm going to talk about it in a minute. We decided to take the bus from All Star Sports to Magic Kingdom and then hop on the monorail. We went to the Contemporary for lunch and had a quick service lunch at Contempo Cafe. That is on the monorail level. Actually, I think they call it the atrium level. It is the third floor, maybe? Yeah. And the monorail's up on the fourth floor, but it was an awesome lunch and in such a great setting. So Chef Mickey's shares the same area with Contempo Cafe, and there's really just like a half wall that divide them. So the setting is equally wonderful. You have the monorail that comes through right by the dining area, and it's just so fun at the Contemporary. So I am 
from request of readers doing a best and worst of the quick service options in all of Disney World. So I have posted the best and worst of the quick service at Animal Kingdom, and I'm going to do that for each of the parks and the resorts. So Contempo Cafe is definitely going to be on the best list, and I hadn't been there in a while. But we had great lunch for under $20 total for the two of us in a, just an awesome setting. I mean, you we would have paid, I don't know, $130 maybe to eat at Chef Mickey's. I, I might be exaggerating, but I don't know. It's probably getting close to that for two people. Um, so for the same setting, uh, much lower price tag. Um, then we went back to um, All-Star Sports and took an Uber to the Holiday Inn Disney Springs, which is where we spent our third night. Now, this was with a free night certificate that I get every year for having the Chase IHG Rewards credit card. It's one of many travel credit cards in my wallet that I keep from year to year. I've had this card for many, many years. Um, and the reason I keep it is this free night. So there is an annual fee for the card, but it's $49 a year, which is low in terms of annual fees. And you get a free night. Now, it used to be that your free night was good at any IHG property in the world. They've now limited that to I believe it's hotels under 40,000 points a night. So the Holiday Inn at Disney Springs does qualify for that annual free night. And I wanted to give it a try because I had never stayed at a Disney Springs hotel up to that point. And I get asked about them all the time. So people see them as a good alternative when they can't get into the Disney resort that they want to get into. The price tags are generally moderate. So anywhere from $100 to $150 a night. So keep in mind, my impressions of this place are based on the fact that I was coming from arguably the worst Disney Resort <laughs> property. I mean, All-Star Sports, I love it there. I think it's a great place to stay. But compared to all other Disney Resorts, it probably would be one of the worst. But comparing All-Star Sports to the Holiday Inn at Disney Springs, I mean, All-Star Sports came out on top. So these are my general impressions of that place. Um, you know, it's just a average to below average Holiday Inn in my experience. The rooms have no character at all. They're comfortable, they're pretty small. They just really don't have a lot going on. And there's two beds, a little desk and a TV, that's it. Um, you know, the bathrooms are nothing notable as well. A room did have a balcony that looked over the pool, and that's a separate booking category I was able to get with my free night. But again, it's not, you know, nothing special there. Um, the pool was fine. There was a hot tub, which is nice. And there is a restaurant and um, actually a little quick service place there as well. Um, now, the main draw at staying at these places is that they are supposed to be walkable to Disney Springs. And Holiday Inn is the second hotel down from like the Hilton is the first one. And then there's one across the street and I can't remember which property that is, but it was about a 15 minute walk to get to Disney Springs from the Holiday Inn. And it does involve going up and down these walkways that they have built, which are a great idea because they keep people from having to cross the heavily trafficked roads that are in that area. But what it means is if you have a stroller for a kid that you're going to have to take an elevator up and then walk across, take an elevator back down. So it's not as simple as it might seem at first. You can take the stairs, of course, if you don't have a stroller. So we walked over to Disney Springs to have dinner that first night. And then we went back to have lunch the next day, because like I said, I'm working on best of quick service options at Disney Springs, as I am with all the other locations at Disney World. So we went to Chicken Guy for dinner, which is a relatively new location. It's Guy Fieri's kind of quick service place there. And 
you know, it was okay. It's not on the best. It's not on the worst either. It's just kind of in the middle of the pack, in my opinion. Um, it is very cheap. So that is the big draw for me. <laughs> the kids' meals are $5 there. The sandwich that I had was $6.99. I mean, and that's cheap for Disney property. Very cheap. Um, it was the Southwest chicken sandwich. My main complaint about it is just impossible to eat. As the woman next to me said, as she was eating, I just can't even eat this. It's just falling apart. It tastes good, but I can't even eat it. It's too messy. So that was my problem with the sandwich too, is I just couldn't really, I'd left half of it because I just couldn't eat it. Um, the chicken I thought was pretty good. I've heard people complain about it and be like, eh, it's not that good. I mean, it was okay, but it's cheap. It's $5.99 for three chicken tenders. So um, if you're looking for a place to get some, you know, moderately priced and um, you're not looking for outstanding quality, I'd say, you know, it's a good place to go. Um, the next place we went for lunch was Wolfgang Puck Express, which I had been to in the past, but had been many years and it's, it's still great. And that's a great option on the dining plan. You can get a big bang for your buck. I mean, for your dining credit, I should say there on the quick service plan. It is another place where you can order at a counter and then a server brings food out to you. So I did leave a tip um, there. So someone had asked me about tipping at quick service places. That is another place. Um, in addition to be our guest where, you know, generally you tip because you have a server bringing your food. So I paid for all of our food with a Disney gift card that I got at a discount. And this is a strategy I use every time I go for our um, additional expenses. I also paid for our park tickets with discount Disney gift cards. And this time I was able to get them for 12% off, which is quite a hefty discount. And that was using Sam's Club and Dosh. So I've linked in the show notes to all of my strategies for getting discount Disney gift cards um, there in the show notes. So I was able to keep our food under $150 for the trip. Well, actually, I think I went a tiny bit over and paid like $5 cash at the end, but I did get the $150 gift card for $132 with my discount, which was great. So my ultra low budget trip. Um, I don't think I mentioned that I flew in and out on points that I got on Southwest and actually Delta. We flew home on Delta. Um, and we did continue this trip to Southwest Florida. I rented a car there at um, the Disney Springs Holiday Inn, which was a hot mess, which I will never do again. Anyway, that's not for the show. <laughs> I guess it would be of interest if you wanted to rent a car and say go to um, Universal or something. But I mean, I would not rent it at a hotel. At first, it seems convenient. You think, oh, I can just get my rental car right there at the hotel. But you know, there wasn't anyone there. They were supposed to be there at the rental counter at the hotel. There's no one there. So what do you do? You're supposed to pick up your car. So we had an hour and a half to get our car with me calling Hertz and saying, where is this person? I need the car. We have to go. <laughs> so, um, you know, the car care center that is on Disney property, this one by Alamo, is probably your best bet because I'm, they're going to be way more reliable than these desks that may or may not be manned at these hotels in Disney Springs. So I would suggest to go through Alamo, if at all possible. They will come and pick you up at your location, wherever that is on Disney property, take you to the car care center where you can get your car and be on your way. So I will say that. So anyway, we flew on points <laughs> that made the that made the travel practically free. I did pay some for Uber. The whole trip with flights, hotel, three nights of the hotel, food and our park tickets and our Ubers and everything was under $500 for the two of us, which is ultra low budget for a Disney trip that includes a day at the park. So I hope this episode was helpful to you in planning all of your trips to Disney World, I do have to add one other thing because I did link to it in the notes. And that is the um, 
resort food court prices. I feel like they have gone crazy. We saw almost $6 for a cup of watermelon at All-Star Sports. It's $5.69 for like, really, it was just a little cup of watermelon. Um, a cup of yogurt was $3.19. That's nuts, people. So my solution to that problem is to have groceries delivered to your resort. And I use Instacart for that. I am going to try out Prime now on my next trip. I meant to do it on this trip. I just did not get my act together. So another thing you could do, which I did on this trip, um, is to pack food in your checked bag on Southwest. So you get two checked bags per person on Southwest. I loaded my checked bag up with so much stuff. <laughs> I had a bag of oranges. I had soy milk for my daughter. I even brought my little coffee maker, which I posted on the Facebook group for the Budget Mouse. And only you guys would understand this. <laughs> because, like I'm so cheap. Plus, when I'm traveling alone with my daughter, my husband couldn't come. He had to work that week. So I went alone with my daughter. I'm not going to leave her alone in the room to go get my coffee in the morning. So I brought my little individual cheapo coffee maker um, so I could make coffee in the room. I packed that in my check bag too, along with all my food that I wanted because I'm not going to pay for that at <laughs> the food courts. So either pack food or have it delivered to your resort so you don't have to pay $6 for um, a serving of fruit to have it with your breakfast there in the morning. So anyway, I hope all these tips were helpful to you planning your trips to Walt Disney World. I've mentioned in the show a few places you can find me online, but I will reiterate them now. So um, you can find me on thebudgetmouse.com or thefrugalsouth.com. I am on Instagram as thebudgetmouse, and you can find me on Facebook in my free private Facebook group for readers and listeners of this show. And just search for The Budget Mouse as to join and I will add you. I also have a Patreon page that is for people who want to support the show with a small monthly, monthly contribution, starts at $2 a month, and you get access to special content. Sometimes I share tips that I'm just not comfortable sharing with the general public because they're just a little too good, if you know what I mean. So I do share those with just my patrons on Patreon. You can get access to all of the past content by becoming a patron. And that's at patreon.com slash the budget mouse. So here's your clips from Illuminations to end the show. Thanks so much for listening.